cut on that. Bunny! Yes. I'm really proud of how many times I say your name on the show. Yeah. Just want to take this time to say it's like I'm getting paid by the bunny. <laughs> you know, it's a very strange pay payment system I have here. Yeah. Anywho, if you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. Who is it? But only a real true fan of the show would know two things, two fundamental truths about us, America's hottest couple, Bunny and Steve. Yes. First and foremost, the one thing that they would know about you, Bunny, is that you are, in fact, the lead singer in a Fleetwood Mac tribute band. In fact, the wallpaper on my computer is you on stage during a show. And and I know I've said this a million times before on the podcast, but I'm just going to say it again. You are a handsome ass, Stevie Nick. Yes. I, I, I thank you. I've worked really, really hard on my Stevie Nicks impersonation. Uh, yeah, do you think, I, I, do I think the band deserves you, that. Do you think that you could grace us with a little bit of your Stevie Nicks right now here on the show? A little bit, a little bit, just a little bit. Um, wait a minute, baby, stay with me a while. You said um, you give me love, but you never told me about the fire. Now you got a picture that I am doing heroin while I sing that. Yes. Okay, because it, it's important. It's part of, like, like being a cover band. Cover bands are a dime a dozen. You have to go that extra step where you really get them to embrace the same band that you want them to embrace. So it, it, there's a lot more theater and theatrics involved going here. Uh, you yeah. know, the the guy who's covering the Lindsey Buckingham part can puke on cue, you know, so Very. that's really good. Uh, I, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll shoot up heroin to entertain a crowd. No problem. Nice. I am a dedicated you are performer. A showman. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's how serious you take your craft. That's right. When you're a yeah. jet, you're a jet all the way. Yeah. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the show is I like to get a piece of history from the history books maybe one that people don't know too much about and then reword it via my own unique storytelling style and that's what this is another educationally uneducational installment of steve's historic approximations dun, dun, dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short, it's cute, and it's blunt. It's like if Danny DeVito was a kitten. <laughs> Anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing America post 9-11, a 13-day mili military exercise gone hilariously wrong, and my new favorite American hero, retired Marine Corps, Corps Lieutenant General Paul Van Ripper. All right. A hero 
and a patriot and a goddamn national treasure. And I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> I know I'm free. This story is goddamn amazing. And I am absolutely shocked that more people don't know about this and that they haven't made a movie about it yet. This is a story that's so goddamn good. I can't wait to tell you and everybody about, about Paul Van Ripper, my homeboy. I absolutely love this story. In fact, I love the story so much. I am straight up abandoning the script. I'm going scriptless. All right. Because I have, I have dove, I have dived so deep into this story that, that I've read so many articles about it and I've seen a lot of videos about it and I'm comfortable winging it. So here it goes. All right. America. Post 9-11, okay? okay? People were totally okay with giving up freedom and privacy in order to be, quote, safe. Yes. A very strange period in time where it's like, hey, we were attacked once and we could attack again, so I'm absolutely fine with the U.S. government spying on me. Oh, and, and Joe Biden did push for the Patriot Act. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, uh, he absolutely did. So uh, this story happens in 2002. So it's been a year since 9-11 came along, and George W. Bush was uh, ready and raring for a war. Yep. And uh, so he he had found a way to pin the 9-11 terrorist attacks on just the Middle East in general. Yeah. Iran and Iraq, they were the bad guys. And uh, were they, did they do 9-11? Yeah, and let's say yes, was basically George W. Bush's uh, stance. Yeah. And so uh, Iran and Iraq, they were like, dude, America, don't fuck with us. If you want a war, like we'll give you a war, and then so George W. Bush said, "All right, all right. Well, if if you you don't know about America and how strong we are, and so we're going to show you, and we're going to show the world what America can do." So they did uh, some war games. They did a military exercise, and it happened between July and August of two thousand two, and it was called. Millennium Challenge 2002. Uh, it's also known as MCO2. It okay. cost a lot. It cost $250 million to do this military exercise. They went to like this, this foreign country, this like beach, and uh they they set aside 13 days for a military exercise. Okay. So uh, this was this was meant to show the world that like, hey, the U.S. Uh, we will crush Iran, Iraq, the Middle East, anyone who fucks with us. America will just dominate, just absolutely crush you because we have the latest technology. 
We can see where the enemy is. We can send drones and robots. We have sonar. We have radar. We have spying technology. We have the latest <coughs> technology, and we can absolutely decimate your tiny little country. So they set up two teams for this military exercise, blue and red. There was the blue team, and there was the red team. And the blue team was America, and they were proud. And so the red team were the bad guys, the foreign country with the smaller army. And so they're there in this beach, and uh, they're doing this somewhere. They're doing it somewhere. So the red team was supposed to be Iran and Iraq, and they were on the beach throughout the land. And the blue team, America, had all of these warships and all of these battleships, and they were somewhere on the coast, somewhere in the ocean, ready for the for Millennium Challenge 2002. Okay. okay. So, so they're like, we have the blue team, we have the red team. We need someone to uh, run the red team. And so they hired retired... Marine Corps Lieutenant General Paul Van Ripper to lead the red team. And they're like, okay, you're going to be the red team and, and, and you need to try and defeat the blue team. And the blue team will try and defeat you and take your weapons of mass destruction and free the people. This is the goal. But the thing is, is that Paul Van Ripper was known as a maverick who played by his own rules and that's why they hired him. They said, oh, well, this guy's kind of like a loose cannon, so he'll be good to run the red team because that's, you know, we need someone who would think like Iran and Iraq, and this guy's kind of uh, a crazy maverick, so you run the red team. But what George W. Bush and the U.S. military didn't realize is that when you hire retired Marine Corps Lieutenant General Paul Van Ripper to be in the your war games, that motherfucker plays to win. Okay. This motherfucker came to the dance to win. So Paul Van Ripper's like, all right, so it's my team, the red team, against the blue team. They're out there somewhere in the ocean. We don't know where they are. Okay. So let's think about this. Let's think about this rationally. What do we know? He's there with his people. Like, what do we know? We know two things. Number one, the blue team is going to try and spy on us, and we need to stop that. Okay. That, that's, that's one thing. That's number one. So, so whatever we do, we need to try and, and do it so that uh, the blue team can't spy on us, number one. Number two, the U.S. will try and attack first. Because that was George W. Bush's thing at the time. Uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, shoot first, ask, ask questions later. Preemptive yeah. strike. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. That was George W. Bush's thing. Like, Hey, uh, this country hasn't done anything, but it might. So we better attack them before they attack us. That was their that was their way of justifying like going to foreign countries and just bombing the shit out of them. Like, hey, they were going to attack us. Yeah. So 
That's why we attack them first. It's it's white America's way of justifying uh, unprovoked aggression against uh, brown people. So, so Paul Van Ripper is like the U.S. is going to attack first. So we we need to stop that, and we need to do it secretly. So this is what he did. He went World War Two on the blue team. Because the blue team is like, oh, we're here in this massive battleship with the latest technology and radar and sonar and these robots and all of this shit. And we're ready to attack them because they don't have the latest technology. So we'll easily be able to find them. So Paul Van Ripper's like, well, shit, let's go old school. Hey, send this handwritten letter via motorcycle to my troops. Okay. So he has he has all of his troops sending messages by motorcycles and the blue team's like we can't we can't pick them up. We can't pick them up at all. And but then the blue team's like, well, that's okay, because uh eventually they're gonna have to talk to the planes and we'll be able to pick up their uh, radio frequencies. So we got this. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh we're gonna beat the red team. So the motorcycle delivery people like this is all like 1917 and shit yeah the motorcycle delivery people goes goes to like the the people in the airplanes ready to go and the note just says okay we will be talking to you via lights okay and that's what they did like 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 they were doing morse code with lamps and the airplanes would fly without radio and it absolutely freaked out the blue team. They're like, damn it, we can't spy on them. I, I don't know what they're doing, but we absolutely cannot spy on them. We have no idea what they're doing, where they're going, shit. And so uh, that caught the blue team by surprise, number one. Number two, before the United States struck, because they weren't sure where the all of their fleet was. Uh-huh. The red team wasn't sure where the blue team's fleet were. So... The red team sent out an ultimatum. And the ultimatum is like, you have 24 hours to surrender to the red team. Otherwise, you will be decimated. You have 24 hours to respond. And so the blue team said, huh, they think that they can, that they can uh, defeat us. Well, great. Let's move our sh- fleets to the beach so that when the 24 hours is up, that's when we can start our attack. And Paul Van Ripper's like, oh, look, they just brought all the fleet to us. So uh, we're not going <laughs> to wait 24 hours. We are going to attack them now. <laughs> and so and so he totally just fucked with them. And uh, the war games, which were going to take place over 13 days, ended in 24 hours. They la- the red team launched a surprise attack on the blue team's fleet, and it is said that if the war games that happened were a, a, a real war, then the red team would have killed roughly 200,000 U.S. soldiers. Okay. Paul Van Ripper absolutely decimated the blue team because the blue team was like, oh, we've got the latest technology. 
and the and so Paul Van Ripper was like, well, what if we just don't use technology? And George W. Bush and America wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like if people are fighting with drones and futuristic shit, and then suddenly people are just jumping from the trees with, you know, swords. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, no, we're supposed to fight with technology. Put down that club. <laughs> and also he when when he attacked, he he uh he he didn't use any computers. He didn't use anything that would be able to be found by the blue team. He's just like, okay, we've got these old school tanks. We've got these. We've got these uh, ground assault rocket launchers that people, you know, that you have to like, you know, fire in the hole. And and yeah. the blue team wasn't prepared for that. And he absolutely won in 24 hours and decimated basically America. So the government, so uh, George Bush and the government said, okay, great, great, great. You won. Well, we're going to reset everything and do <laughs> okay. it again. And Paul Van Ripper is like, wait, 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 wait. I won. This is over now. And George W. Bush is like, yeah, you won. But look, we have 13 days that we set aside to do this training exercise. So uh, let's just use that 13 days. We're going to reset everything and do it again. So... Paul Van Ripper's like, okay, I'm a little bit confused about that because I won, but okay, I guess we can do this again. But when they redid it, the fix was in. Okay. So the U.S. government's like, okay, we're we're gonna do this again. It's gonna start now. And Paul Van Ripper's like, great. Well, uh, yeah. So let's do this. And the U.S. government is like, yes. But here's the thing, uh, Paul. The blue team gets to attack first. Okay. Paul Van Ripper's like, wait, what the fuck? No, absolutely not. And they're like, sorry, but but blue team attacks first. And he's like, damn it. Okay, fine. Well, then uh, when they attack, we'll attack them. And the U.S. government's like, actually, actually, Paul, um, you don't get to attack back. At all. You don't get to attack back until after the red team is done attacking you first. Then you can. <laughs> and also one of the goals is is the blue team has to uh, find and take away the red team's weapons of mass destruction. And it the blue team absolutely couldn't find it. And they were doing a good job hiding their weapons of mass destruction. And so, uh, the George W. Bush is like, Hey, 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 uh, Paul, 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 can I have another word with you? Um, your weapons of mass destruction, the red team's weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Uh, the blue team is in charge of it now. Okay. No, so no real point uh, in an exercise here. Yeah, eventually Paul Van Ripper realized, like, wait a second, 
I show I showed you guys up and I, I, I pointed out how flawed your military is. So you've just reset it. And now this is basically professional wrestling. You're giving me a script and you're telling me what to do. So Paul Van Ripper said, you know what? Fuck it. And he gave up. Okay. Like, this like like if you want me to compete in a military exercise, then I am going to compete. If you want me to be fucking John Cena and and this is all pre-planned and fixed, then just fuck you. This is bullshit. So yeah, uh, George W. Bush did a war game slash military exercise to show off American military might, but it blew up in his face. So he redid it and had it all scripted. <laughs> That's afterwards, insane. Paul Van Ripper. Afterwards, Paul Van Ripper was asked to comment about it by the government. The government is like, "Well, that was a great exercise, Paul. Would you like to comment about it?" So he wrote a 21-page critique about how horrible Millennium Challenge 2002 was, and the article was such a harsh critique that. Once he wrote it, the Bush administration uh, uh, classified it. Okay. He classified, he classified Paul Van Ripper's 21-page critique, and he classified the entire training experience. This actually wow. happened, and it's really fucked up. Yes, it is. And it says a lot about the Bush administration, Republicans in general. You know, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the shit that Trump is doing right now, like, like people look at George W. Bush and go, "Oh, well, he, man, he he was so great compared to Trump." But it's like, I don't know. I feel like Millennium Challenge two thousand and two is George W. Bush and the Republicans doing the same sort of shit that Trump does now. You yeah. know. This is this is all rigged. This is all a game. This is all fixed. This isn't real. This is all bullshit. Paul Van Ripper is a, an American fucking hero. Mhm. I would agree. And I am blown And I am blown away that they haven't made a movie about this cuz this is this is such a movie. You know? Yeah. G- g- like a lot. Yeah, it's very much yeah. a movie. Yeah, this is some amazing cinematic shit. And I know I say this usually at the end of almost every uh, Steve's historic approximations. I am surprised that more people don't know about this. Yeah. Because this is an insanely wonderful story. Millennium Challenge 2002. Incredible. Google that. Wikipedia that it's amazing. <laughs> a marine general led a fictional Iran Iranian army against the US military and won. Mhm. And but that then is, if you start to cheat, how is how are you how are you helping anything? Yeah, uh, yeah, nothing at all. In, in no way, in no way. That's the bit. It's like, how is yeah. that helping? That's not helping anything. You you lost. Figure out why you lost. Yeah. yeah, absolutely lost. 
The world it's itself incredible. makes no more no sense anymore. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. Next week, I have no idea, but we'll figure it out together. Yes. And cut on that. 